I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. I'm April, VP of the cutting-edge sex toy company, Hot Octopus, and I dedicate my life to the business of sex. We are on a mission to teach you how to have hot sex, deep intimacy, and how to make your own rules for who you are as a sexual being. Welcome Welcome to to the the Shameless Sex Revolution. Don't forget to head on over to our website, shamelesssex.com, for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Shameless Sex Podcast. Or if you're new, welcome. We love you. Bienvenidos. Welcome to the back door. What is that? What? I don't know. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to the back door. Like anal? Maybe. Like anal? Whatever. People can use their own imagination. <laughs> so right now, let me just paint the picture for you. It is about five o'clock and it is early September. And if you looked out my window, it looks like it is about 9 p.m. Because the fires in the hills of Santa Cruz and the fog are so well, the, the smoke thick. and the fog are so thick that the sky is just black with a hint of orange. It's crazy looking. I'm thinking that after this podcast, we're going to run to the grocery store and stock up on food and water because the apocalypse has happened. It's here. Well, hopefully you're listening to this in 2040 and that never happened. Yeah, here's hoping. And here's hoping. And it has been wildly weird outside today this is weird the photos that are coming up just from my group one of my group messages of people taking photos from different areas in town are bizarro and it's uh obviously we live in santa cruz if you're in central california you know what we're talking about if you don't live in central california google it and go look at what we're experiencing it is very strange it's very strange we're living a strange 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 time here but guess what sex yeah, that's good. that's the one thing that can really help with an apocalypse. At least we have that. I would bang it out right now, Amy. <laughs> if you and I were compatible Let's do it. with the things that we needed. Well, I, you have I have a strap on. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I have some you, oh, you do? So maybe you have the things we need. I have if we a, got locked down right have, now, right yeah, here, you'd have to bang me out. I have a fair amount of harnesses and dildos. We oh, could make perfect. it work. And we, we have, have lube. Oh, I have a lot of lube. If you look under my bed, it, there's a lot of entertaining <laughs> things under there. I don't have a lot of storage. So that's why it's under my bed, actually. Our dogs can watch. Yeah, they like that. <laughs> our dogs are here on our laps. This episode is with a dildo duchess, Zoe. How do we say her last name? Legon. Legon. Oh, Zoe Legon. The dildo duchess. We're talking about orgasms, erogenous zones, sex toys. We talk about masturbation, all the things. She's awesome. You have to check out her Instagram, too, because it is, what is it, Throngia? It will speak for itself. Yeah, Throngia. Throngia. It speaks for itself. Yes. Just go check it out. Just press pause. Go check it out. But be sure to return because you want to hear and learn more. Uh, before we dive in, we have a sex question. We'll read a bio and we'll dive in the podcast. Also, t-shirts, mugs, hoodies, sweatshirts. Go to our website. Scroll down. Do they make any thongs? I don't know. We need to suggest that. Maybe booty shorts. That'd be cool. Us on your booties. Faces of us on your booties. That'd be cool. I don't know if they have that. But uh, we have some swag. We have some gear. We have some shameless sex stuff. And if you go to our website and you scroll down, there's a big banner on there. You click it and you can get the gear. You can be a shameless sex revolutionary alongside us. And all proceeds go to a good cause. They're going to these motherfucking fires out here. Oh, my God. My dog's going crazy. Perry, Which keep Perry, burning. Chill. They keep burning. So everyone put your energy out for these fires to stop and everyone yeah. to be safe and everyone out there experiencing anything. Do a rain dance. Yeah. Do a rain dance. Do something. April, that- show me your best rain dance. Go. <laughs> that's a lot of shoulder moves because I'm sitting, so I'm just basically. Oh my god, I think I felt a sprinkle. Oh, you did? Oh, I that spit, was I, I spit yeah, on myself. That was Perry just spitting. <laughs> All right, let's do a sex question. All right, y'all, I'm gonna need some pleasuring advice, and who would be better to ask than my favorite duo and sex ed queens? My partner and I have started to incorporate sex toys because I'm not able to quickly climax through penetration like my partner can. But I struggle to not feel awkward and pressure to climax ASAP once the toy comes in. Usually the rhythm and angle doesn't feel quite right and I have to course correct and teach. And I get in my head about it. 
How do I focus and just appreciate the new experience? It's not the same as self-pleasuring, and I want to enjoy the new experience instead of wanting it to be similar to what I do on my own. Any advice is welcome and appreciated. We talked a little bit about this in this podcast, actually, with mm-hmm. Zoe about uh, self-pleasuring, sex toys, etc., and some of the stories and shame and all the things that come into play alongside um, the pleasure. So... Okay, so I'm hearing this person. They obviously know what they like when they self-pleasure, and it's really easy for them to orgasm. Or maybe not really easy, but they they can get themselves off in the way that they like when they self-pleasure. And then when they use toys with a partner, and they're using them to help them have an orgasm, which is awesome, bring in those toys. And we talk about that in the podcast. People have this shame. Like, my penis should give you all the pleasure you should need. You shouldn't need that sex toy. But instead, these people are like, yeah, let's use your sex toy. So I like your style already. But you're getting in your head saying um, that obviously – well, you're actually – it's not the right rhythm and angle. And so that's actually not getting in your head. It's actually just not working for you. You need to alter the rhythm and angle. And you're saying that you have to teach and course correct. So I'm guessing your partner is using the toy on you. I'm not really understanding if that's the case, that they're the one that's actually putting the toy on you. And it's not working in the way – that you'd like it to. So my suggestion would be one to take the toy into your own hands and to control the toy on you, or you can actually show your partner with the toy on you, how you exactly how you like to be touched with the toy, or you can even put your hand over theirs with their hand on the toy and direct it in the right angle or position that you like. Can I make a slight interjection here? No. Okay. Depending on now, whether or not this, partnership in uh, question is vulva owner, penis owner. It doesn't really matter. What matters is, is that you could use a cock ring, even if the two partners have vulvas, uh, you could put a cock ring on a dildo if we're talking about, but for sake of this conversation, you could use, that creates a hands-free stimulation uh, where you could place the cock ring on either the dildo or the, and, or or the penis owner, and then you could grind on that and create a hands-free stimulation situation. Yeah, you and I. I so yeah, you, you. This would be a position where you would be doing the grinding. So it's not where they're the one doing the thrusting because that would just drive me fucking mm-hmm, crazy. Mm-hmm. That would be the exact for me. That'd be the exact problem. You're not hitting the right spot if they were doing the thrusting. But if they were wearing the cock ring on a dildo or their homegrown cock, and then you were somehow on top or grinding in a in a position where you could grind, then maybe that you it could hit the right spot. And, well, if they got, like, the Adam Plus cock ring, for instance, then the penis owner could have perineum stimulation, this, the uh, both testicles stimulating, also the the shaft to the tip becomes this vibrating mass. So they're experiencing all the vibration and the grinding person, the person grinding, vulva owner, or if they're penetrating it anally, will also experience their body becoming its own vibrator. This is what I dropped into. I dropped into something a little different, which is more about like the the con- the conversation and advocating for what you want and need. Yes, and and well, so also. there's the the part of you that is obviously it's not working for you. You're in your head and unhappy, or not unhappy is the wrong word, but you're in you're, you're there's a process going on. This isn't getting me off. I feel like I need to. I feel this pressure to do this thing, and so I, they're not saying they're faking orgasms or something, but they feel like they need to rush in it, and that gets in the way of your pleasure. And, and so my advice is what can you do to take that pressure off and to think it needs to happen a certain way? And why is it that because a toy comes out, your brain says that you need to get off? Is it to please your partner so that they feel entertained and happy? Is it their own worthiness stuff that you're trying to fulfill? Um, I, I suggest not caretaking your partner's worthiness stuff when, at the detriment of your own pleasure, right? We give up our own pleasure so that the other person feels good about themselves. You lose. So, and I don't, I'm not a hundred percent if that's what's happening, but so my advice is to get okay with course correcting, get okay with teaching um, and start to advocate for yourself either with your own hands or to speak to your partner about what it is that you want. Take your time and let them know, let them know about this process. Hey, sometimes they get in my head and I feel like I need to come really quickly because the toy's out and I don't really know why that is, but that's a thing for me. Um, can we try using this toy this, this certain way? 
Uh, and yeah, it won't be the same as self-pleasuring. It never is because you, I mean, when you're alone, you don't have to worry about this other human. That's just how it goes. Um, and now you're thinking about another person because they're there and what do they think and what do they want? Um, and just know, don't, I, I guess, I don't know. I guess easier said than done to get out of your head about, uh, desiring for it to be as easy as your self-pleasure, but just don't have goals. We talk about this in this episode with Zoe. Um, no goals. You know, if you have goals and you're just trying to get to orgasm town, that's a pressure. That's it's a pressure issue and pleasure does not like pressure. And I'll just add one more piece to my, uh, previous advice. My dog is going crazy. Sorry. The question, how do I focus and just appreciate the new experience? I will just give you an advice for someone that has a horrible time focusing, uh, I close my eyes and really drop into whatever mm, I'm experiencing. Yeah. And if you can't close your eyes because you like to be really in the moment, use a blindfold. And I, because I'm a person that's like, I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to focus. I'm going to focus. And then I open my eyes. I'm like, what's going on? So if you have the, the same, I, they're not issues, but the same, the same things happening that Distractions. I, yeah, yeah. Then, then you could use a blindfold, but just really close your eyes because when you're removing that, sense that really intense sense that that you have to see everything that's what the focus can be on and then you start to get into your head of what you're seeing and then what you're feeling and then i if it if it were me to just to experience things more uh and to feel them more deeply i would remove my eyesight for a little bit and really drop into what i'm feeling mm-hmm. yeah i love that i love that part about cuz we're so easily distracted when we have all the senses um, and I, I too can feel more pleasure when I, um, just hone in on what's going on. Sometimes that is closing my eyes. Uh, and then the whole thing about the wanting it to be similar to how you self pleasure, um, this, this is just kind of how it goes. Sometimes we need to teach our partners how we like to be pleasured and have it be as close to the representation of, uh, how we like to pleasure ourselves. So, uh, sometimes we have to be their teacher. That's just a part of it. And that's totally okay. And they might not do it perfectly because they're not your hands, you know? So, um, that's okay, but go ahead and explore it and good luck to you and have fun with your journey. Uh, I enjoy teaching at times. So you can look at teaching as your project or something I shouldn't have to do. You should know I my feel body. Like you should have those runway lights have a great journey. Your exits are here, <laughs> here, and here. Have fun getting We off. wish you a safe and beautiful journey. Bon voyage. See you on Mars. Bienvenidos. <laughs> That's where I feel like we live on right now is Mars. I know, really. For real. This Should we weird. do a bio? Let's do a bio. Bio. Zoe Legon is a Detroit-based sex educator, journalist, and artist who is also the proprietor of Progressive Online Sex Toy Emporium Spectrum Boutique where she has made it her life's work to blast away the stigmas and misinformation that prevents us from having the amazing sex we all deserve. Her work has appeared in media outlets such as Vice, Allure, Refinery29, and The Huffington Post. Be sure to check out her podcast, Hot Brain, as well as her new book, Carnal Knowledge, Sex Education You Didn't Get in School. To learn more, visit SpectrumBoutique.com. But first... Do you have a moose near the caboose that needs to be tamed? I'm talking hairy, big, and in need of some attention. Thankfully, Manscaped has you covered to keep your bush looking nice and trimmed. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. The Manscaped engineering team just perfected our favorite ball trimmer, the Lawnmower 3.0. The premium Lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof and made with advanced skin-safe technology, which reduces nicks on your bits. I gave my partner the Perfect Package 3.0, which includes the Lawnmower 3.0, as well as their Crop Preserver, Ball Deodorant, and the Crop Reviver, Testy Toning Spray. And we're both obsessed. His package has never looked or smelled more delightful. Plus, for a limited time, when you order the Perfect Package Kit, you get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs. And as always, Manscaped is giving our listeners 20% off and free shipping with the code SHAMELESS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code SHAMELESS. From the moose to the caboose, you got to use the right tools for the job. This podcast is also brought to you by Like a Kitten. We know there are tons of options out there and it can be really hard to choose the right tools for you. And that's why we love Like a Kitten. Whether you're a new explorer or an experienced sexual adventurer, Like a Kitten offers kits packed with all the goodies you need to get your O1. Going through a breakup, they got you covered with the breakup box. 
Getting married? Check out their bridal kit. It will have your pussy purring with pleasure. We love how Like a Kitten's products are ethically made, body safe, and made from high quality materials. Plus, a portion of all their sales go to charities that focus on women's empowerment, education, and health. You can feel good about feeling good. And right meow, Like a Kitten's offering our listeners 20% off and free shipping when you go to likeakitten.com and enter code SHAMELESS20 at checkout. Just go to likeakitten.com and use promo code SHAMELESS20 to get 20% off. Likeakitten.com, code SHAMELESS20. And now, back to the show. All right, everyone, it is episode time, and this episode will also be on YouTube in video format. Yes, you can see all our faces. We are real humans with real faces. We are not just voices floating in the ethers. This episode, as you already heard in the bio, is with Zoe, the Dildo Duchess. I love this name. You're much uh, more, yeah, I mean, there's, that you, that's part of your uh, your uh, identity, but you also- I guess so. Yeah. How did you become the Dildo Duchess? Let's start with that question. How did that come? about um I mean it just sounds nice you know (laughs) it really does but sex toys are if I didn't have sex toys I would not be an orgasmic person like it was I was sexually active for five years having partnered sex with uh dudes until I turned and turned until I turned 19 and got a magic wand you know Mm. and then I realized through the combination of a little bit of external, a little bit of internal variables I'm able to control, tools that are more appealing to me than my own fingers uh, personally. Uh, yeah, like they're a huge part of my sexuality and I would probably not have been orgasmic as early in life or maybe not even to this day if it weren't for toys. And I don't know, I feel like... <laughs> Something about saying the dildo duchess just makes you be like, what does that mean? Like, I I have got a ton of toys because I sell sex toys for a living. I own Spectrum Boutique. So I have like a catalog of dildos at my disposal, Uh, not just like the ones I use, but like I've got displays in my basement. Just like that's my entire basement is just dildos. Everyone so, wants to come know, over to your house. Maybe, maybe you <laughs> they yeah, do. Is, is your partner the Duke of Dildos? <laughs> no, but I love that. It's so funny too because he, like, he hates when I call him this, but sometimes I call him Muggle Mark on our podcast because he's like, because he like doesn't like Harry Potter. You know, he's not a fan, but he. uh has gotten really into sex toys since dating me and like probably has tried more sex toys than any guy I know at this point. So he, he came up to speed pretty fast. Like right now he's trying every Tenga toy. (laughs) I'm like, I gotta know how are the Tenga toys? I let me know. I'm so, I would, I want to hear about that too. I would love to have a penis for a day and just experience what that's right. like. Did you ever have shame about using sex toys? I, I feel like a lot of people, even, even I've done this, I speak for myself. I've gone, yeah. I've had times going back and forth with, and I'll have going like vibrator strikes and things like that. But have you ever had shame come up? Like I should be able to orgasm without this thing, or there's something wrong with me for wanting this thing, et cetera. Definitely. I, I feel like it's less of an issue in my current life, but definitely over the last 10 years, I would say it's been a journey of, it it certainly depends on the partner I'm with too, because I think at first I was too apprehensive to even bring it up. I knew like, okay, I want a vibrator externally, but I'm just going to pretend manual stimulation is doing it for me. I'm going to pretend your mouth or whatever is doing it for me. And I have had orgasms with like other types of stimulation, but it's just like really not my preferred method. And, you know, it just takes a whole lot longer. So I think it's when people start being like, oh, you know, I, you know, I just really don't like anything to come between our bodies and it's <laughs> just natural. And it's like, I think when people are anti-sex toy, it's also very like elitist, like, oh, like I, I don't need that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of the vibe I get when people say stuff like that to me. And I don't ever even think it's intentional, but it's kind of like this defensive reaction. Cause sometimes I'm talking to someone in their forties or fifties and like, you know, like a a dude in their forties or fifties, they've never used a sex toy and, or with a partner 
on themselves or with a partner. And all of a sudden they have to like, be like, oh, wow, like, have my partners been hiding this from me all along? Have I not been doing something? Like, oh, well, maybe, no, what I've been doing is right. I've been doing it the right way. Like, I don't know what the inner dialogue is, but people really get defensive over this. And it's funny, you mentioned Midori earlier before we started recording, who is coming on this show at at some point. Mm -hmm. And Midori is a person who really helped me nail down my my talk about sex toys because sex toys are tools and it's all information I knew but there was just one time she really succinctly laid it all out for me just saying like you know we eat with a fork and we like drink water out of a glass and every we brush our teeth with a toothbrush everything in life has a tool that helps us get the job done sure we could like build a house by hand screwing hand nailing every plank and you're gonna get the house built you know classic sex educator metaphor here but it is so true it's like okay, like nobody is emasculated by a power gel. Nobody's emasculated by a fork. Or if you are like, let's talk about it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) What's up with that? Spoons really, really grind my gears. Wait, no, she's not talking about that kind of fork. Like a fork. Wait, what kind no, of fork? like an actual fork. Oh, no, just eat like with. eating. Oh, yeah, eating torque. Because it's a tool. Yeah, yeah. I thought we were talking about building things. And we're, it's, <laughs> well, you could also, she could also be talking about a forklift as well. I was like, wait, I thought we were building That's a house also now. a tool. Yeah. For <laughs> yes. I guess there you go. Talking. You were not wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like when we compare it to stuff, it just starts feeling so silly. And we start to see how, oh, like it's this social concept of like, all the sex we've seen, not just in porn, but in Hollywood movies, doesn't show sex toys. Like that's why Sex in the City's Rabbit episode yeah. or the Magic Wand episode, like those are iconic moments in television for a certain generation because that had never happened before, even though vibrators have been around for decades and decades and decades before that ever came on the silver screen, you know? Mm-hmm. So we don't have examples of it in our own personal lives. People aren't talking about it, obviously. And then like, yeah, there is a learning curve of like, okay, what positions are not going to be like jamming the wand head into your pubic bone and bruising it? Like you got to figure that out. So I think it's just the apprehension coming from lack of information and representation of toys, but then also the very real learning curve of how you physically maneuver it into your sex life. Mm -hmm. I think it's daunting. Oh, yeah. Zoe, I can listen to you talk all day long. And we have a lot of great questions for you because you are, I, I, you're so knowledgeable. You've owned a sex shop now for quite some time. You have this podcast. Five know, years almost. Five, five years. years. I know. So exciting. And wild. you do a lot of creative work. We're going to talk about your book in a little bit as well. Uh, we are also wanting to dive into our listeners love talking about orgasms and erogenous okay. zones. So let's focus on erogenous zones right now. Okay. Imagine let's that you're on it. top of me. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> where would you touch that's her me, first? That's me on you. <laughs> <laughs> so what and where are they and what do erogenous zones do? Yeah, I think most people think about the crotch, maybe nipples, maybe, you know, lips, if you want to get really wild and crazy. Um, What this immediately just makes me think of is how I'd been selling those feather ticklers, you know, that come in those BDSM kits. I've been selling those for so long as bachelorette gifts when I worked at the shop I worked at before I started my own. And I remember just being like, oh, like... I know people use these, but like, what's the point? Like, oh, it's not like real bondage or whatever. Um, And then I got a few given to me for free. And actually my current boyfriend, who I've been dating for three years now, I think he was just like, oh, like, what are these? Like, let's, let's play around with these. And I, it was like such an emotional experience to have him be like, do, do, do. Um, all over my body. And like, I think there's also such a big difference between sensuality, sexuality, lust, all those different things have different meanings. And for me, like any part of the body can be sensual. The parts of my body that are sexual, you know, 
that definition is fluid. It kind of just depends on what I'm in the mood for. But I think a lot of people don't even consider the butt an erogenous zone. Um, Probably not people listening to this podcast, but I think for a lot of people, it's like, oh, the butt, it's for poop, whatever. Uh, (laughs) Or they're just like, or, you know, even the idea that the butt, like anal sex is supposed to be painful. People still think that. So that's not really looking at the butt as an erogenous zone either. And, you know, there's certainly the people like, you know, oh, they can rub my hand, give me a hand massage and I'll orgasm. Like I'm not that orgasmic. And I think we can train our brains and our bodies to do a lot of different things. But I'm not trying to say like, oh, well, if you can't do this, you, you know, that's not an erogenous zone. It's more just like what feels good and how, what type of intent, like attention are you paying to this body part? Like, I know that like my boyfriend has like a, a part of his body that feels really painful because of a prior injury and just like massage on that is like unlocking this like huge emotional component of intimacy for him and it was the kind of thing where it's like you don't know until you really like have some touch time um I actually have a therapist who recommended uh something called sensate touch time have you ever or we call it touch time but it's called sensate touch have you heard yeah. of it I have no. but talk more about it yeah so I'm sure there's like different renditions of it but for us it was basically just like set aside a chunk of time five or ten minutes and like have intimate touch that isn't like sexual meaning like you know we're not actively stimulating our genitals but we're like just like touching each other and not like a classic like I'm back massaging you I think it's really easy to fall into old patterns like that's actually a great example like when when someone asks for a massage a lot of people are just like here let me like knead on your shoulders and you're like no my lower back actually mm-hmm. and then the same thing with sex it's like well I'm gonna pump you long and hard like I see in <laughs> porn that's what you want right <laughs> all women want that <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes, um, like, yeah. there's a time and a place, a moment, there. maybe. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Sh- short strokes are underrated, really. Oh, um, yeah. Short, <laughs> short and shallow. Oh, yeah. Ooh, I'm, give it to me there. short and shallow tonight, babe. <laughs> all that. Um, screw your nine inch dick. Just kidding. Not shaming oh, the nine inch nope, dick. Nope. No, I, I love it. I love it. I love your nine inch dick too. But, I love all dicks. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason, like, the O nut exists. And for, oh, like, yeah. the O nut is like a thrust buffer for when you're fucking, it's like a big chonky cock ring. And like, it literally exists because those with the nine inch dick don't know how to control their depth. It's like, I do think it's a a learned thing, but it's also just like an awareness thing. Like if you're paying attention to how your partner is responding, you know, you're not going to just be like blindly pumping away probably. (laughs) Yeah. When I've, when I've taught sex ed workshops, I've asked the group, what to say what they think are neurogenous zone is and often people like the uh the whole body like you're saying it's it's (laughs) a matter of perspective and we have this ability to eroticize whatever we want should we want to take the time and energy to do it or sometimes life does it for us we'll have some experience we were just talking about this the other day where I wasn't a nipple person having my nipples touched and then I had an experience with someone uh touching my nipples over clothes and I had a bra very lightly and it reactivated or not reactivated it activated them for the first time um, and brought them online, and all of a sudden, I had. And have you clips. had like an armpit yeah. orgasm? See, I've I, had, yeah, I'm, arm from armpit, I the mouth could on never, my armpit. Like I even I just I thought like, I, I, I can see that. Yeah, I yeah. I don't know. I want to dive into those more. Or less tapped into erogenous zones. Well, so, and and from that experience, I was, as this person was actually at Sex Geek Summer Camp this last year, someone was starting (laughs) to go, go, go down towards my armpit with their lips and they were kind of making out my armpit. My first thought was, I don't like this. I'm ticklish. I'm not into it. But I was like, wait, I'm, I'm experiencing pleasure right now. And just the idea of how we can so easily get in our way, which brings me to orgasm Mm. and erogenous zones and how this applies uh, here. So some, because I'll, I'll we get in our own way with orgasm all the time and it's not everyone, but I think what you are mind and our stories, but what we like and we don't like, and am I going to come and I'm not going to come? And I don't like this part of my body <laughs> touch, all that stuff. So what are some of the ways folks can explore erogenous zones to achieve orgasm? Ooh, great question. Um, I definitely think touch time helps. Mm-hmm. Um, when you were talking about that, that even reminds me of how those like suctiony pump toys that you know, you can put on a vulva, a dick, whatever. Um, someone was like, can I put this on my neck? I love my neck stimulated like that. And I was like, yeah, like, sure. You definitely can. Um, 
So it's really just like your imagination is the only limitation. And toys certainly help with the exploration. They're certainly not mandatory. I actually often tell people like, especially when it comes to butt toys and they're like, give me an anal dildo. And I'm like, well, um, like let's start with a gloved hand or a finger or two because, you know, that's free. Uh, (laughs) And it really is just like, sometimes we don't have the tools. Like when I'm even thinking back on my attempts at masturbation before I got toys, like I have relatively small hands. Like I'm a glove size small. I've learned during this pandemic (laughs) or even extra small. My fingers do not reach far enough back to stimulate the deeper regions of my vaginal canal. Mm. Like certainly can get G-spot stimulation going on. That's great. Love it. Um, You know, I'm not at the point where I could put my whole fist in my vagina. I would love to get there. (laughs) Flexibility too. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, so like I wouldn't have known about like the A spot, like anterior fornix near the cervix and all that, those deeper regions if I didn't have toys that could really get up in there. And like certainly a penis can as well. It's just like when you are by yourself, I guess my tip is masturbate because you can certainly experiment with a partner, but there's something just about like being fully alone. There's nobody you're performing for even subconsciously or whatever. Um, when you shouldn't be performing unless that's like part of the fun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, yeah. Like I think just having that time alone with your body and whatever tools make sense is really the best way to get there. And one of the most frequently asked questions I get is like, how do I become orgasmic? How do I masturbate? And I love hate that question. I love it because it's the question everybody has. And I hate is a strong word. I, no, it's, it's a difficult question to answer because the answer is that everyone's going to get there a different way. And I know how it's like truly trial and error uh, just from my own experience and from talking to so many people about their own journey to orgasm. And sometimes you just have to really give yourself space with it too. And and when you're focusing too hard, you're really going to be just chasing an orgasm that never wants to happen because you're putting all this pressure on yourself. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. Pleasure does not like pressure. Erections don't like pressure. My pussy doesn't like pressure, except the kind of pressure to actually like touch pressure. That's nice. Oh, yes. Uh, One thing I was thinking about when we did our masturbation May Mm. uh, thing, we did this last year and the year before that contest on Instagram. And the homework was for people to just explore their bodies for 10 minutes a day uh, with no goals and just let their hands go wherever. And so it wasn't, you weren't working towards orgasm. It was to see what sensation was there and what was available. And so, you know, in terms of erogenous zones, I think there's this opportunity for people, you know, not used to it. They're just like, oh, I'm going to rub one out. I'm going to get the orgasm or I know what I like, or I just get, get the vibrant and I have my orgasm in one minute, or I'm gonna wait for my partner to give it to me. And when we really slow down and explore our bodies, we can really move through all these different erogenous zones and kind of layer it, right? Starting with like, you know, external. And this is how I would tell people to touch other bodies too, by the way. You're going to touch a vulva owner. definitely. You know, like don't just dive right in like you see in porn. There's a whole external erogenous zone there that has all kinds of nerve endings. And and you can explore that in so many different ways. If people don't know how, go check out OMGS. It's fabulous. Yeah, definitely. Wonderful ideas on what to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, you, the whole body is available. And I think one of the things we hear in long-term like your relationships. belly button could be an oh, orgasmic sp- space. That's, <laughs> I, my belly button clenched when you said that. It was like, oh, your button. <laughs> yeah. Your button. But yeah, it's just different, different strokes for different folks. Yes. Literally. I, I am a destination-focused human. So when it comes to <laughs> the, that, when we did that challenge, because it was a challenge to touch yourself, I was like, no. Like I call it, I need it would be me. I call everyone dog. I don't know. I'm like, no "No, dog. dog. I call myself dog. I'm like, no dog. I need to get down. I need to get off. Like I'll do the 10 minutes. That's 10 minutes is over. Oh, you can give yourself the orgasm after. That's fine. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, when there's rules, I'm like, oh, and I get into my head when it comes to playtime and I'm like, fuck, I'm not, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to have an orgasm. So I've been really working on that. Like breath work has been key. Do you have any tips for folks that you've used or tapped into if they have a struggle with getting into their head or getting out of their head or getting out of their head (laughs) tap into orgasms? Which head are you talking about? 
whatever. I think that exactly what you're saying, the breathing really helps. It's and also I'm gonna, my answer is kind of in the format of a book and it's such a kind of cheesy book, but I really love the multi-orgasmic couple. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. Um, it's got, it's got way more tips than I could like really do justice to, but essentially it's just the idea of like, we're circulating energy through our body. And even if you're not like a woo-woo person, as I say, uh, there's a lot of really great stuff to be found there. <laughs> She's woo-woo. I'm a hybrid. I'm half woo-woo. Okay. We'll give it to I'd you. Say, you know what? That's fair. I'd say I'm a hybrid too. Cause I'm like, I don't like this, but then I'm like, Oh no. Like gems. I'm super do. hybrid too. April, April yeah. has gems and crystals. I do. And shit. I'm, I am. I burn the sage. I like Palo Santo. I do oh tarot God. cards, uh, but this is not about me. No. Um, <laughs> I, think I mean, it's a great, great recommendation. Yeah. Yeah. That's an awesome book. And speaking of books, Zoe, oh, the Dildo oh, Duchess. You have one. You have a new book coming out. You gave us a little sneak peek it right here. The beautiful yeah. carnal knowledge. Oh, that's you in there. Can you tell us Ooh. more about so something in your book? Um, how sex is more than penetration. You mentioned this. Can you tell oh, yes. us more about this? And also let our listeners know why it is difficult for a lot of vulva owners out there to orgasm through penetrative penetrative sex. Yes, definitely. I think this also ties into a question I've been getting a lot lately, which is about what defines virginity. And I feel like I'm getting this question a lot more now because people are finally like, oh, queer relationships and like, oh, like fluidity and like the butt. Mm -hmm. And I think people are asking more questions because they're like, wait a minute. Like there's all these ways of having sex that don't involve penis and vagina intercourse essentially. So then I start getting the questions about like, oh, like if I use a dildo, have I lost my virginity? And it's like, well, I don't know. Do you want that to be like, it's your definition. And like, I personally have a pretty typical definition of when I lost my virginity. It was the first time my uh, then boyfriend's dick went into my pussy, you know, <laughs> and <laughs> like, but like, I don't look back on that fondly. I look back on my first orgasm fondly. Um, and I don't really think about it. It's, it's I think virginity is also the kind of thing that like you care way more about when you are quote unquote, still a virgin. And then afterwards it's like, you're not thinking about the concept of it as much. Anyway, I digress. This is all to say that like typically we define sex as something going in a hole. And the other part of your question, which is like, <laughs> what? but that also leads to like people being like, oh, anal sex. Now I'm still a good Christian. You know, it's like when we create all these arbitrary <laughs> rules that like don't have anything to do with our bodies and our, who we are, um, we're just setting ourselves up for a lot of frustration and probably sexual shame as well. So, uh, you know, I'm sure we you've talked about the vulva and how it's similar to a penis, like it's all the same tissues just going being allocated different places. And the external portion of the clit, very, very sensitive. There's also the internal regions of the clit and G-spot area. And uh, this just makes me think about how when I was younger, I would have friends of mine be like, yeah, like I, I have orgasms just from like a dick in me. I, yeah. And, I'm, and I would just be like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, me too. Oh, totally. No, never have I ever. And that's not to say it's not possible, but also my clit is very far away from my vaginal opening. So a lot of people with clits or a partner with a pubic bone, whatever that can hit those spots. Like I think a lot of the time people are uh, still having external stimulation happening when it feels internal. And furthermore, like it's all connected to each other, but it's like the who, what, when, where, why, like it doesn't really matter. All we know is that like anecdotal evidence says that the vast majority of people need external or external paired with internal to orgasm. And again, that doesn't like make you weird if that isn't you, but because there is the idea that oral sex is foreplay or external stimulation is foreplay. And again, that might 
hopefully our listeners here are like aware it's like okay those are pretty like rigid rules <sighs> everyone everyone just wants to go for the penetration as you said like just like we see in porn mm-hmm. um there's so many nerve endings there but like there's also nerve endings internally as well but we have such little scientific research on on vulvas relative to penises. So unfortunately we do have to like look to penises sometimes when we're getting our information about vaginal anatomy. Before 1995-96, there hadn't been any research done on the internal clit. So it is just so frustrating when it's like, okay, if you said that to someone with a penis, I'm going to penetrate you. Like, let's just go right for penetration. They'd be like, whoa, like let's warm me up. A lot of people will love penetration and not want their external bits touched. You know, just like the head of a penis is one of the most sensitive parts of the penis, the external portion of the clit is as well. Now, there's definitely people who are like, don't touch the head of my dick. And clearly also foreskin, the presence or lack thereof changes that up as well. Yeah, if you wouldn't neglect the head of a dick, why would you neglect the head of a clit, you know? Um, And again, so depressing that we have to make these comparisons, but I think that is what makes it click for some people that it's just like, okay, there's a lot more going on inside, but also don't shame me for this calling external stimulation foreplay or whatever that is also like such a Freud thing where he, Freud was like, oh, well, there's mature orgasms and immature orgasms and, you know, the most mature way to orgasm is internal it's because I want my like dick in you. Who, yeah. <laughs> he had a uh, yeah, right. uh, preconceived like, I'm gonna, notions on that I'm gonna theory. I'm going to say this, yeah. He postulated. Yeah, he got, some, he got something out of that. Yeah. Yes, he's like, <laughs> exactly. That sounds biased. One of my dick. I wonder if he had a nine-inch cock, and that's why. <laughs> who knows? Who Anybody knows? know oh. Freud's cock was? Does anyone suck Freud's dick? It could be in centimeters. <laughs> I want to know. Take it in inches, whatever want, you got. I want an oral history of this. <laughs> <laughs> details about that uh yeah i yeah we i love the book uh come as you are and mm-hmm. the way she talks about mm-hmm. how uh, we're, we are living in a penis-centric model for sexuality and so what the penis yeah. like the vulva must like and the penis is hard and we're talking heterosexual relationships everyone would be is what we're referring to right now um, yeah. and we're not assuming that everyone is in one but you know this the dick's hard and the dick is ready to go then the pussy should be too Bulbas take like four times as long, approximately yep. ish, than uh, a penis, but no one's talking about yeah, that. Drop those statistics. Yeah. Yes. Pay yeah, attention, yeah, everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And th- there's just. But so- it's also. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I was going to say that, like, you do bring up a good point with like the heterosexual relationship stuff because. And I read this in Peggy Orenstein's Girls and Sex, the book, which I highly recommend uh, just for like any, especially parents. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, like young people who are uh, queer or just like not straight generally are orgasmic earlier in life also because it's like they're not going down this same social script road of like the dick goes in the pussy. So it's not that people who don't identify as heterosexual like are immediately orgasmic, but there's just less you're you're already questioning the information about sex and society if you're not straight. Mm-hmm. So therefore you're probably questioning some other stuff as well. If you're straight, maybe you're just kind of comfy going down that script that you've just been handed by everybody and you're not pushing the envelope as much because you're just kind of following what you see around you. Mm-hmm. So I think that, of course, we don't want to assume here, but I do think that it is like more so a heterosexual problem for that reason. Okay, time for a quick break. This podcast was made possible by Uberlube. It's a luxurious silicone lubricant that enhances sex and intimacy. We receive emails from listeners who have tried Uberlube, and the feedback is unanimous. We never knew lube could be this good. It's also less likely to throw off the pH than most other lubes, and there are thousands of doctors recommending Uberlube to their patients, whether they want to make their hot sex even hotter or for folks experiencing dryness. Uberlube is without a doubt my favorite lube. It has no flavor, no scent, and feels absolutely amazing on my body. And it isn't just for sex. I use it to tame my hair frizzies, to prevent chafing, and I even put some in my mouth before an oral sex session. Totally ups my blowjob game. Oh, and the bottle, it's beautiful. It looks like a cosmetic product. So I just leave it out on my nightstand totally shamelessly. 
To learn why we think it's the best lube on the planet, check out uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off plus free shipping. Again, that's uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast was also made possible by omgyes.com. OMGS is a research-based online program that teaches you all about how to pleasure the pussy. OMGS studied thousands of vulva owners to find out how they orgasm and then made beautiful animated modules and super honest short videos to give you ways to reach even more pleasure. I've been recommending OMGS to my clients for years and it's been changing their lives. We all know pleasure is fluid and ever-changing, so why not add more tools to your pleasure tool belt? OMGS is for everyone. So whether you are a vulva owner or you just love vulvas, OMGS will give you the techniques to get your O face on. There are two seasons to choose from and hundreds of gorgeous videos to explore. So go see what science says about pleasure and visit omgs.com slash shameless. That's omgs.com slash shameless to get $5 off your OMGS access. Again, omgs.com slash shameless. Go check it out. Now back to the show. Yeah. That's why <laughs> yeah. I had orgasms at like five. Yeah, and she was, so, like, and so, I, the porn I watched was always like one dude, two vulva owners. Yeah, and were you, I loved when the vulva owners would go with each other. That was young. You were bump, you bumping fuzzies with other girls when you were younger. I was. Bumping fuzzies. And I have never <laughs> identified as like a totally straight person because I have never always been totally straight. Um, I do like a dick, I have to say, uh-huh. I guess that was before I knew there were strap-ons. She also lacks a pussy. Right. I didn't know there were yeah. strap-ons and I was like, God, I, but yeah, I love the pussy. love the dick. And for, that makes sense. That really resonated with me. Thank you for sharing that. Oh yeah. And of course it's like, there's no way you can make a generalization about humans ever. It's just something that stuck with me from that book too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I have a question about what April's talking about. This is kind of off topic a little bit but we do that we're we're better being on topic these days i'd say we used to go off topic all the time (laughs) but so okay um with the idea of hetero flexibility versus maybe not versus but bisexuality um and so the term hetero flexible which i think is a dan is that a dan savage term maybe or no monogamous is term anyways i don't even know hetero flexible is newer i don't know if anybody's coined it but we had a listener say when we use the term hetero flexible because april said you know i uh, you didn't say I'm bisexual. You I said you're, but you're definitely not just heterosexual. You didn't say heteroflexible either, but we had a listener saying that using the term heteroflexible right. is actually harmful to bisexual people. And it makes it almost like an invisible thing or like a bad mm. thing. Like, why don't people just say bisexual? And I think the issue is that people think that if you're bisexual, it means that it's half and half perfectly. Mm. And instead that we could mm. make bisexual more inclusive and that you can be more geared towards the dick or the pussy or all the in-betweens and we could just Hetero use that. fluid. Their person just said, why not just say bisexual? So what are your thoughts? Do you have any thoughts about that? That's a great question because, okay, I definitely, this, this resonates with me as someone who the vast, I like most of the people I've fucked have been cis dudes, but I've fucked a lot of women, a lot of trans people, you know, just like it's, I'm attracted to hot people, Mm -hmm. but also, uh, it is like I like I've I've struggled when people ask me how I identify because I also am like eh I am so straight that I also don't want to take up or like misidentify myself in a way that would be misleading to someone who's like trying to get perspective on where my, I'm coming from when I speak. But what I always go to mentally is the Kinsey scale although it's not perfect and it's a pretty old model, it is just like, okay, there's zero and there's six. And six is you quote unquote, by their terms, same sex, whatever. Zero is like your uber straight. I always joke like I'm a 1.5, you know? (laughs) Um, But I I completely agree that it's like when you're saying heteroflexible, like maybe that term does resonate with a person who, uh, you know, is for the vast majority of their relationships, having heterosexual relationships, but then not in a tokenized way that like they aren't just like, hmm, I'm, you know, like just doing it for shits and giggles, but like, no, I'm, I'm also attracted to people besides, uh, you know, quote unquote, the opposite sex or whatever. Uh, 
And, and I, I think it's difficult because our language has been changing so rapidly and it's changed a ton since I started talking about sex. And I love when I'm like, oh yeah, like this term I'm using is outdated. That is like such a gift when I'm like, oh, like I love this perspective shedding light on terms I was using and why they might not be the best way to describe something. So I could see how heteroflexible might be a, a a good term for someone who is not wanting to say I'm bisexual and inadvertently take up queer space when they're not, mm-hmm. you know, like, I don't know, entirely, maybe they are questioning, maybe it is, there, there's some overlap with questioning your identity. Um, but yeah, I, I, I also see that. Ultimately, it's really not my place to say. I think that that's a really great point though. Um, but yeah, I think- Again, while it's like, ugh, there's so little research and what we do have is so limited and outdated and heteronormative, I think the Kinsey scale is like the closest model I've seen to something that makes me be able to put it into concrete terms in my head of like, oh, like it's a spectrum. And sometimes you are like, just like a smidge to the side of heterosexual. (laughs) I mean, it makes sense. I think it, it, you can choose it, it. I don't think that heteroflexible is an offensive term per se. I have a mm. friend that is married. She is a vulva owner, married to a vulva owner, and she does not identify as lesbian. She does not like to be called yeah, lesbian. Definitely. And so it's, right. it's interesting for me because you just want to put people in boxes, right? And we, we try to do that. We want, we like to identify and we like to tiny boxes with little labels printed everywhere. Yeah. And I think that if, so if, if it's, if it is offensive to some folks out there, apologies. And I feel like heteroflexible yeah. is what I identify with more than bisexuality. The other thing I remember what this listener was saying, and we, we won't stay on this too long. So we want to hear about your book, but the other thing this sure. person was saying was that um, it's a privilege to ha- be in the heterosexual realm and that mm-hmm. queer folks, mm-hmm. bisexual folks, et cetera, uh, have less of that privilege, you know, and especially depending on where you live. And yeah. so by saying heteroflexible, you get the privilege of dabbling in the queer world, but you get to yeah. still be cut straight. And so I, that was something where there, that, and so I, yeah, I forgot that piece that actually kind of yeah. did make sense. And I believe people should get to have their own labels that we should get to right. choose our identity while being aware of how the things that we say might affect some people. Some of our listeners are like, shut the fuck up. They hate that. No, no, this is so thought provoking for me as well. I think that's a really great point. And I think what, I think what changes it is the context. Like, are you like, I'm heteroflexible. Like, yeah, I guess I'll like, like, are you being glib about it? And it's just like, really like not authentically you, or are you coming from a place of like, you know, nine out of 10 of my partners have been uh, the opposite sex. And I want to, you know, leave that room for myself to question. And maybe then the answer is like, say you're questioning, but like, yeah, I think it has so much to do with like the way someone is like identifying with that term. Cause I'm sure that there is a very like, yeah, it, it, it absolutely is a privilege to be able to be a straight person in this world or like be in a straight relationship. Uh, Like that's why I want to go back on what I just said, because like, even if you're in a relationship and appear straight in real life, that obviously doesn't erase your identity, bisexuality, or, you know, certainly like so many friends of mine are married to like a trans partner and people are just like, oh, you're straight. And then it's like, well, yes, but also no. And I think you just bring up a great point of it's like, hey, if the label fits you, wear it. But also maybe we also need to not project an assumption onto what a label means. Like if you say you are heterosexual, that doesn't mean that you've never had feelings Mm -hmm. for someone who doesn't fit that label. You know, it's like, there's just got to be a little bit of wiggle room, but I do really think we, it's important to be conscious of how our words marginalize already marginalized identities at the same time. It's something we just have to keep chewing on. And I'm like, I think it's a great question. Mm -hmm. And like, I hadn't even thought about how that term could be. I hadn't until the listener said that I didn't yeah. it never occurred to we me. Kind of refrained from saying it for a while. And I think that was a great question. Yeah. Great, yeah. great. Sometimes you have to digest. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. clearly it's also like our intentions here are not to, you know, be uh, 
using any words that are are shaming or marginalizing people too. So I think that's what's great about podcast listeners is they get to chime in and say like, hey, have you ever thought about this? Like we get, we have like a hotline where people call in on our, my podcast I do with my boyfriend, Hot Brain. Um, and people will just like call in and leave a comment. They're like, don't play this. Just wanted to tell you, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, oh, that's so cool that people can just like leave us a voicemail. <laughs> I wonder what we would get if we did that. Like, I want to <laughs> Yeah. Can I show you? I want sex. Sure. I want sex. I want sex. That's no. a common You get one. a lot of those anyway. Uh, <laughs> I want your book, Zoe. Let's talk about that. I want that. your book right now. I want some carnal Up knowledge. in my hands. Yeah. Oh, yes. Tell us about carnal knowledge. This sex education you didn't get in school it's coming out soon this is okay I can do that I can do that um this is while I am the only person who authored this the words all of the illustrations are by my friend Elizabeth Renstrom she is currently the um photo editor at the New Yorker and before that was at Vice. The books that were around my house were Joy, The Joy of Sex, which is a classic, but I also opened it up and I was just like, nah, this is like a wall of text. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it was an older book at the, t- I guess it was published in the seventies. Uh, st- still a great book, mm-hmm. but, uh, <laughs> like, I was just like, nah, this, I don't care about this book. It doesn't speak to me. Um, so I just wanted something that could be like, a bright artistic companion uh, to anyone who's just like sex. What's going on with that? That's yeah, why the book is like fun and cheery and it's, <laughs> colorful, it's inspired every time. You it's rainbowy. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna let people know when and or I guess where would be the better question. Um, they can buy your oh, book. Yes, and we want to tap in. We, we have to wrap it up, and I'm bummed because I wish. Oh, that's okay. You. I'll come oh, back one day. Yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to leave though on a note about your Instagram because your presence on Instagram is fucking amazing. And I do not say that lightly or very often to anyone. I'm honored. Thank you. There are some pretty (laughs) incredible, not only performances that you do, but you do tie in a lot of activism. You have a lot of, of imagery of you holding dildos and twerking and doing all this amazing stuff that you are also like kind of like not giving a fuck, but not giving a fuck. You have no shame and you're obviously a beautiful human inside and out and so intelligent. The way your presence is on Instagram is just, it's just phenomenal. So of course, I want to kind of end with that candle on the cake. Can you tell tell us no, more sure. about that? And plus, please let people know where they can find you on Instagram and find you in general, Spectrum Boutique, for and sure. also where they can buy your book. You can get this book wherever good books are sold, you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Only the best. <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's available in major bookstores, so wherever you like to go, as well as like independent bookstores. I also sell sex toys at Spectrum Boutique and we have a book section and carry carnal knowledge there, but um, you can find me at Thongria. So that's like thong with R-I-A after it. And my shop, which is actually probably where I'm more active these days when it comes to sex thingies is a shop Spectrum Boutique on Instagram. And I also definitely want to give a shout out to our journal, which is like Uh, a magazine section of our site that's been around for about a year now. And it's really been like, you know, I'm getting my sea legs with being like an editor versus a writer. And it's been such a treat to, I mean, like I write articles for it occasionally, but I love editing other people's writing and helping them develop ideas into longer form pieces. So it's been really valuable to have other pieces or other voices rather contribute to the sex that I'm trying to share. So that's not just like the same millennial white lady telling you about sex over and over again, which <laughs> is what my Instagram started feeling like. So, <laughs> and I leave you with that. Wow. Well, you are such a gem and absolutely fantastic just to talk with you. It's I've missed you. We've used to get to see you a same. couple times a year and now we don't get to see you, but it's wonderful yeah. just to tap in. And I'm so proud and excited <laughs> to see how your book does and to read it myself because it looks Thanks beautiful so and if it's anything like you it's going to be amazing so thank you for sharing all your wisdom and knowledge and your energy and time with us and our listeners and go ahead and follow 
Zoe's Instagram because you will not be disappointed. <laughs> Check out her book. And yeah, thank you, Zoe. Thank and you both. I had a great time. I don't know if you know this, but the uh, my number 99, his name's San Giovese. Just kidding. That's not a guy I fuck. That is the wine that I'm drinking right now. <laughs> Go check out marginswine.com and learn why Amy and I are such huge fans of this small batch boutique wine that comes from California. It's very underrepresented regions and underrepresented varietals of grapes. So you'll taste something that will have you mouthgasming in no time. Like, yeah. yeah. All right, y'all. Go ahead. Go on iTunes right now. I know you want to and give us five stars because we read all of your reviews and we love the five stars. Amy is talking about showing her boobs next time for the next five star uh, showing. So that's a peak. That's a peak peak of my bra. Go check out the YouTube, (laughs) uh, our YouTube channel to check that out. And we love you so much. We'll see you next Tuesday. Ciao for meow. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.